Welcome to the Mastering College Two Career Podcast. I am your host, the one that knows the most, Daniel Botero. In a world where eight out of 10 students are graduating without a job lined up, and 40% of graduates never work in a job that require their degree, this podcast is the solution. In this podcast, not only do you hear from my own personal experience, countless hours worth of research on this topic, but I bring industry experts to help students take away that fear of graduating without a job and instead teach you how to land your dream job. So with the fact that 85% of students walk down the stage without a job lined up, I decided to create a really short assessment that students can take right now that will take less than five minutes and give them a very clear idea of how ready they are to graduate with a job. And it's kind of funny, it's fun, and it will give you an animal. You'll either become a sloth, somebody that's just kind of be sleeping through college. You either are a bear, someone that has a lot of potential but has been hibernating. You could be a dog, someone that has been doing some great things, are trainable and have high potential or you can be a unicorn. And that is a very small percent of students that have done exactly what it takes to land their dream job and have already done it. So which animal are you? Find out at masteringcollege2career.com forward slash assessment. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mastering College to Career Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that seems to always pop up in most episodes, but we're just going to dedicate this topic to networking. And when I was thinking about who would be a great person to talk about networking, I came across somebody that is a networking strategist, and her name is Lori Seitz. And I'm just so excited to have her on the podcast to share her networking philosophy and how she teaches her clients how to network and how powerful networking is. So without further ado, Lori, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Daniel. I am so excited. This topic is so important for anybody and especially students starting out their career. So why don't you start by sharing with the audience a little bit of what you do and who you are? Yeah, I am. Well, so you, as you referenced, I'm a networking strategist, which means that I help people put together a a plan for networking because, and as I'm sure we'll get into talking about it, how, how important networking is, but it's, it's, there are so many different components and pieces to it. And so uh, sometimes it can be frustrating or intimidating to, to figure out how to get started. And so I help people craft a specific strategy that will work for them for what they want to accomplish. I love it. And so I want to talk about a little bit, how did you get into this? How did you start creating, making networking part of your business? Yeah. Well, I think that I have always kind of been somebody who innately knows how to build relationships and that's really what I am all about is it's about building relationships. But from a business standpoint, when I started my first business as an entrepreneur uh, back in 2003, that's when I had to really become 
like formally good at networking because I had to go out and I had to find clients and referral sources and strategic partnerships. And that's where I started really paying attention to the idea of intentionally networking. And, and so I want to talk, you know, take this conversation and talk about networking when it relates to college students. And I'm going to just ask you a couple of questions that I get asked a lot about. And at the end of the day, even though I believe I'm very good at networking and I have my own networking philosophy, I do not think my networking philosophy applies to everybody and everybody's personality. And so sure. I want to talk about how does this networking differ as different students have different personalities? Yeah, so I actually, the tagline for my company, which is my company is called Zen Rabbit. And my tagline is networking strategies for quiet people, because as, as an introvert, I feel like introverts network differently than extroverts. And we live in a society that puts a lot of emphasis on extroverts and, and I think makes introverts sometimes feel like they're not good at networking because they're not outgoing and bubbly and they don't want to talk to everybody in the room and that's not even networking. Introverts actually have a lot of characteristics that make them really good at networking. They just don't necessarily know what they are to be able to use them. And so that's where I come from. And so, you know, and if I try to think about like all the introverts that I know and when they're at networking events, I think it's the beginning that they struggle with. Because once the conversation started and they are able to open up and the person on the other side is opening up too, I think that they are better at following up than an extrovert might be. But am I correct? Like what, are, what, are, what have you seen? That's exactly it, is they are very good at asking questions. So the reason that a lot of times introverts don't like networking is because a lot of times the conversation at networking events is so superficial. Like, well, what do you do? You know, oh, did you watch the game last night? Like those kinds of things don't, aren't that interesting. And so when I work with private clients, we talk a lot about what kind of questions could you ask that would be, that would lead to a more interesting conversation. And so when introverts can ask those kind of questions and turn the conversation into something and that is more substantial, that is more interesting, that's when they feel more comfortable networking. And as you referenced, then they are exactly better at network at follow-up because they're good at asking the questions, they're good at listening. And that listening piece is what makes them better at follow-up because you heard something in the conversation that you can now use after the event to reach out and say, hey, you know, you told me about this and I checked it out and whatever, like they pay attention and then they have something to follow up on. And so let's talk about a scenario, right? I am an introverted college student. I am assigned by a class maybe to go to a networking event and I get to the room. What do I do next? <laughs> yeah. So that would, if I was in that situation when I was in college, I would have been terrified. Yeah. It's, it's scary. And I get that. So that's why, uh, you know, a lot of my clients, I can relate to how they feel because yeah, that's, uh, an anxiety producing event. So you get to an event and my first piece of advice would be to kind of just look around the room and get your bearings. Like you just want to 
see, see where everybody is standing, who's, who's where and all of that. And then, um, ideally if you could get an event organizer to introduce you to somebody that, you know, you could ask, say, um, oh, I'm looking for somebody in the marketing industry or in the tech industry, like depending on the event, is there an event organizer or an ambassador or somebody who's, who can introduce you to somebody? That's one way to get into a conversation. Otherwise, looking around for other people who are also not already involved in a conversation might be another way, like walk up to somebody who also looks like they're terrified and <laughs> start talking to that person, which is also good advice if you're an extrovert and you're in a room and you see somebody who's standing alone looking kind of afraid, go talk to that person. Uh, and then lastly, if you only see groups of people, kind of if you can see that the body language of the group is open, and like kind of walk up because everybody's at this event. This is the thing to keep in mind is everybody's at this event to meet other people. And so they will probably welcome you into their conversation because that's why they're there. They're there to meet people. Body language is, is huge. And, and being able to read body language is very important, specifically when you're at a networking event. Um, what are some, you know, quick, and we, we can't really dive into all this, but they can research it themselves, but at least give them a little overview or what are the three maybe biggest signs that they're open to a conversation and what are maybe top three signs that you can tell that they're close to a, not having a conversation? Like they just don't want to have a conversation. Yeah. The, so the first thing is if you're looking at a group of people and they are kind of in a, in a circle kind of closed in a circle, then they're probably having a private conversation and they don't want you to approach. But typically people will be kind of more in a, a semicircle having a conversation and it looks like they're, they're open to having someone approach. And so that's the, those are the two biggest ways to tell. And again, if you are at a networking event, people are presumably wanting to meet other people. So uh, for the most part, I think everybody would be open to a conversation. And I've also heard that if you look at people's feet, like if somebody's feet are pointing away from the group, that means they want to leave that conversation. And so maybe if you walked up to that person and started a kind of a side conversation, they would be happy that you just got them out of the main conversation that they weren't interested in. That's interesting. That's very interesting. And um, when, I, when I did networking event, maybe I'm like going to reveal a little bit of my secrets, but I have a, a, one of my, be my best friend, right? And Tyler, he's a very good outgoing networking uh, at networking events. And so we would always go to networking events together and it'd be like a tag team because he was very good at creating the introduction of the conversation, but I was much better at keeping the conversation going. And so we were able to really kind of work the room, but is there benefits or what are the pros and cons of going to a networking event, you know, whether it's alone or with a, with a, with a partner? Great question. The, the way that you and Tyler were doing it is perfect because you, you're, you had a synergy that you could work together with. The challenge with, of going to an event with a friend or 
or a colleague or a coworker or something like that is that you might be tempted to only talk to that person. And so that would be, that's not the reason you're going to the event. But if you could make some kind of agreement that you go off on your separate ways and meet some people and then bring each other into those other conversations, then that could be a great way to do it. Is there anything that maybe I'm not asking or thinking about when it comes to something I should be asking that relates to college students when it comes to networking? One of the questions I get asked a lot is what does, if a college student is at a networking event with other, with professionals who are already working in an industry or something like that, then what do they have to bring to a conversation? Like how do they start a conversation with a seasoned professional? Is sometimes they feel intimidated by that. And so um, I actually have a list of questions that I will make available to your listeners and we can talk about how they can get that. But, um, but coming up with some questions ahead of time can help them feel more comfortable and uh, because everybody does have something of value to provide. Even if you're a student and you're at an event with, with seasoned professionals, you, you do have something to offer to that conversation. So I would just say that that's a, um, like don't feel intimidated or feel like you don't have something to offer because everybody has something to offer. And so I want to, I don't want to dive into all the questions that you're going to share with the audience and, and we'll definitely put a link so that they can re get to that. But maybe let's talk about one or two so that they, sure. we can get their mind thinking of some of the things that they can do to be able yes. to ask. Yeah. So, you know, most people want to be helpful to other people. And so if you could ask a question that gets them talking about themselves, because that's another thing people love to talk about themselves. And so if you can ask them questions, but if you could tap into their knowledge, they are happy to share information with you and you will benefit from getting their perspective on whatever it is. So one of the, the great questions um, I love to ask, whether or not you are talking to a seasoned professional if you're talking to a peer, whatever it is, one of the greatest questions to ask to get people talking is what are you excited to be working on right now? Or what project are you excited about working on right now? I mentioned earlier that at networking events, one of the most common questions people ask is what do you do? I hate that question. It tells you nothing. Everybody's conditioned to ask it. So if you are going to an event, be prepared to answer it. But it's a horrible question. So if you could not ask that question, you could ask again, better questions. Uh, what are you excited to be working on right now? I find lights people up because that could be something related to work. It could be something related to their personal life, a hobby, whatever it is. Like they, they are, they want to talk about that. I love it. When I, when I think about networking event, you know, I think a mistake that I see students do a lot is they think about networking event as only as the event. But for me, one of the things I look at that event is before the event, during the event, and then post the event. And so I'll tell you how I look at it, right, and how I do it. And then I want to talk about what your thoughts on it and what are some things that students can do. So before I go to any networking event, I research what the networking event is about, right? 
what was the purpose? Why did the organizer create this? Is it an industry specific event? Is it just a general open to the public? Is it for young professionals? Is it for students? Who's going to be attending? Who's confirmed? And then go through LinkedIn and then look at seeing who's going to be there. Maybe what do they have in comments? And then have kind of an idea of people that I want to meet at the event. So that's my pre. Then drawing, right? right? I want to work the room. I want to, I, I want to, I always try to speak with, if there's a speaker that's speaking at that event, I like talking to speakers just because I'm a speaker. And so I like, there's some commonality there. But after, which I think is the most important part and that people fail to do is the follow-up because you could walk away with that event with 20 business cards and you can have a shoebox full of business cards. But if you didn't follow up, you, you didn't do anything. You might as well just stay at home. And so I always go back home. I look at the business cards and I, maybe I think in Japanese culture, this is bad writing on their business cards, but I write a note on the business card to remind me of what our conversation was. And then I either follow up with an email, but most of the time I follow up with a handwritten thank you card. And that seems to work fantastic for me. But so I wanted to talk about what are some of the processes that you see in and you suggest students to do. Wow, it's almost like you and I have worked together on my <laughs> program because you just laid out everything that I talk about. <laughs> I, I love networking. Exactly, that's exactly the way I teach my clients to do it. So, I, it, yeah, that's fantastic. And it, it's, um, you know, a lot of people misunderstand what networking is, like you said. And for one thing, networking is not working the entire room. Again, it's about building relationships. And when you go to a networking event, it's about building the foundation of an event, uh, sorry, a foundation of a relationship that you will develop over time through your follow-up. And that's, again, what I say all the time. If you're not going to do the follow-up, don't go to the event because you're wasting everybody's time. You're wasting your money, your energy, everything. Just you have to do the follow-up. And I love that you're sending a handwritten note because that's like one of my secret weapons. And I didn't think anybody even does it anymore, especially like college students, like younger people, you, you know, it's just like, oh, I'm just going to text. No, but, <laughs> but it makes a huge impression on people and they have uh, something Right. What else would, what else do you get in the mail anymore? The challenge with that is getting the person's mailing address. Cause most people don't have that on their business cards anymore. I, I, that has been a challenge. And that's where I even said, then I send an email because if yeah. I don't, if my default is handwritten, thank you cards. And I've, you know, there, I don't know how many times I probably send, I go to the website of the company that they work for and I yeah. send it to the PO box but I never get the same response. I just don't think it gets to them, but I still send it anyways. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, 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 every student that I work with, I always encourage them to have to go get a, a personalized, you know, start with the, buying a thank you card from Walgreens and CVS, but definitely get a personalized one, get yourself some business cards. Um, and one of the strategies that I, that I use a lot is because if I've done my homework and I know who's in the room and I meet someone, and I understand what their goals and objectives is. And I know there's somebody else in the room. Maybe I haven't met them yet. I go, why don't we meet this person together? Because I know this person, based on what I know of them, could be a good connection for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, networking is all about finding, providing value for the other person. And sometimes that's hard for college students to feel 
like they can do, especially when you're talking to a seasoned professional, because again, what do I have to offer? But asking that question as well, like who, who's a good connection for you? You don't know who you know that they might want to know. Like what? if you can bring them together and make an introduction. You also mentioned something um, a minute ago about LinkedIn and connecting with LinkedIn. Social media is fantastic for making connections now. And it's not a substitute for face-to-face, in-person networking. And so a lot of times I will advise people when you go to a networking event, connect with people, especially business people through LinkedIn after the event. Um, but again, it's not, you still need to go to events to make the connections. You're, it, we're still humans that require interpersonal and you're never going to build a relationship as strongly online as you will through face-to-face. I want to talk about the transition from, I met you, you're a complete total stranger. I followed up. So how do you transition that to a friendship and a mutual beneficial relationship? It's about building, it's about being patient and building that relationship over time. So you send, you get back, you send a, a handwritten note or an email and then maybe it's a matter of can we connect you know can we get together for coffee or can we do a video chat or following up and then also if you've done your homework and you're you're connected on LinkedIn for example or social media and you know what they're talking about or you know what they're they're um, interested in you can find information like, oh, I just, you know, we talked about hiking and I just found out about this cool trail or whatever and reaching out and kind of continuously making the effort to stay in touch with valuable information. And as a student, it, it's okay to ask for their help and for, you know, do you, is there somebody else I should know that you know? And it's equally important to try to provide some value in return. Yeah. It's that exchange, but it's over time. It's building that relationship over time. And you never know when a connection is going to uh, need something that you have or that you'll need something that they have. But it's, it's about, you know, how do you build a friendship? It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. What 100%. I, and, and I always talk about my personal experience and I, and I share that with students, but I, I think it comes to listening. And, and I talk a lot about yeah. like, it doesn't matter what stage of your life you are. I, I myself find myself going to networking events where I, there is people there that I want to meet. And I, I tell students all the time, the best way to reach any goal is to learn from someone who's done it. And because I've done my research and I understand there may be somebody in that room who's accomplished a goal that I want to achieve. I want to be there. There's a, a, a level like your odds of succeeding are going to increase by the level of proximity you are with this individual. And so, but you also have to think about, what value you can provide. And so I, I, one of the latest examples, and I think I talked about this in an earlier episode, I wanted to, you know, meet uh, this individual who was a top, you know, top 1% public speaker. He's, he's one of the legends in the industry and he happens to live in my hometown. And I ended up seeing him at a working event and uh, I actually invited him to be part of my podcast and, and I, I recorded an episode. So it's actually going to come before this one. So if you're listening to this one, you can go back nice. and Terry. 
And while I was having this conversation, right, I wanted to provide value because I wanted to expose them to my audience. And he had a, a lot of value to provide to my audience. But I realized that I, I heard from him that he's going to Colombia, which is the country that I'm from. And he's speaking and opening up for the, for the, the, the president and the two past presidents. And so I can t tell the way the questions he was asking me, he wanted to learn more about the country. Like what, what was going on? What was the history and everything like that? Yeah. And so I know this individual, his time is extremely valuable. So I spent like three hours in my weekend and I curated a document full of all the links of the best articles and videos that all the cliff notes. So what took me three hours might've taken him only 45 minutes to do, but it gave him three hours worth of value. Right. And so I, I, I go out of my way to look at how I can provide value to them. And I think anybody could have done that. A student could have done that. And it's just about making sure that you're listening to really understand what their needs are and how you can help. Right. Exactly. That's the thing about paying attention. And again, going back to the asking the better questions that got you into a more interesting conversation that led you to be able to learn that. That's so important. Do you think networking gets easier? Yes, the more you do it. So even if it's terrifying in the beginning, make yourself go do it. Just like anything that you're scared of doing, the more you do it, you, know, you mentioned about being a speaker and I speak as well. It's scary to get up on that stage the first few times and you, know, you kind of maybe still have butterflies every time you get up on that stage or every time before you walk into a networking event. Even I, a couple weeks ago, went to a networking event that I didn't know anybody there. And I still felt a little apprehensive. Even I teach this stuff all the time, but I still felt it because I'm walking into a room where I don't know anybody. And it looks like everybody else already has their friends and knows what's going on. But you just do it. You, it does get easier. Have you found that, um, you know, networking is about connecting the dots. I, I really think it's, it's just about connecting the dots. Have yep. you found it to be where the more you've networked and the, the bigger your network grows, the easier it is for you to connect the dots? So, no, go ahead. Go ahead. For sure. For sure. In fact, I have I've recently started talking a lot about if you are not getting access to the opportunities that you want. And that opportunity could be a job. It could be a promotion. It could be, uh, uh, you know, a seat at, at the table, you know, a nonprofit, whatever clients. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're not getting access to the opportunities that you want, it's because your network is not big enough or it is not strong enough. I love it. What are your thoughts on having students volunteer at the networking events? That's a fantastic idea because then you are in a power, a power, you're in a position, I was going to say a position of power, but like not go to your head kind of power, but you are, it's almost like you're a host of a party as opposed to being a guest. <laughs> Yeah. And, and you get to meet them at registration. And then when you are talking to them, it's not, a, it's not an awkward because they're already going to be welcoming you just because they already yeah. see that you're volunteering at the event. Um, I always encourage that. I always like talk about how if there's a networking events that happen maybe once a month or every other week, like volunteer the first couple of times. And then the third time, maybe you just go in as a guest. And by that time, you've already 
you you see familiar faces that it's a lot makes it a lot easier for you to talk and network yeah and that brings up another good point is that if you can go to the same event several times like the same organization if they have a monthly event go this month go next month go the month after because that's when you start seeing the same people and that's when you become you know so the next time after three or four times somebody else who's never been there walks in and they see you as oh well that person already looks like they know everybody because yeah now you know a lot of people it, it gets a lot easier if you um keep building you, know, you keep going back and and running into the same people I, I love it is there any question or any thought that maybe you have not had the chance to ask you that is crucial for students to know when it comes to networking I think that your point of doing the research beforehand too, of knowing who's in the room, if you can, and you can't always, sometimes they don't publicize that ahead of time, but the, what you can always do is go to an event, a career fair, a, an association meeting, whatever it is, with some kind of goal in your mind. Do you want to meet a specific person like you mentioned? Do you want to, or you can be as general as I'm going to meet three new people and, and that way when you leave, you can feel like you accomplished something instead of feeling like, well, I went, but I didn't really do anything. Like it wasn't really worth my time. Um, but setting a goal and you know, too, I'm sure if you set a goal, like just the mere act of setting the goal means moves you closer to, to it actually happening. Absolutely. So I always end up every episode, which, you know, just the reality is students generally listening to this podcast are multitasking, right? And so mm -hmm. if there's only one thing that they can take away from the last 30 minutes of us talking about networking, what would you hope that would be? Start building your network intentionally as soon as you can as soon as possible, like now that you're, it, don't wait to get into the professional world, start building your network now and do it even if you're apprehensive and you feel afraid, start building that network and, and um, because it, it's just so important to your success. If you're not getting access, again, if you're not getting access to the opportunities that you want, it's because your network isn't big enough or strong enough yet. So keep working on it. I love it. Lori, how can the students, you know, stay in touch with you? Yeah. So again, I mentioned LinkedIn is the best way for professionally. Um, but listeners can find me on LinkedIn. They can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, um, on Facebook and Instagram. It's under the company name of Zen rabbit. And we talked about, I have this um, list of great questions that you can use as a, a, a guideline for talking to seasoned professionals at networking events. And that is available at zenrabbit.com forward slash questions. I love it. I'm actually going to go and look at those questions myself because sometimes asking the right question is, is key. I mean, that, that is, has to be key to get the conversation and get them engaged in the conversation. Yeah. Lori, yeah. this has been an amazing episode. Thank you so much uh, for coming and spending time with me on this podcast episode. It's, gonna, it's so valuable for students to understand the importance of networking 
And I think they understand the importance is just how to do it and how to execute it, especially if you're introverted. And I think you gave some amazing advice. So thank you uh, so much. And for everybody listening to this podcast, thank you for listening and catch you guys on the next episode. If you're listening to me right now, you, my friend, have made it to the end of the podcast. I want to take some time to thank you and congratulate you for being different and taking control of your career, doing things like listening to this podcast, putting yourself out there and building the experience needed to land your dream job is what's going to set you apart and not be just another statistic. So great job. Keep it up. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends and make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. Talk to you soon.